You are now listening to Only Yahweh's Truth Makes Sense, Part 2 taught by Pastor Randall Crawford Sr. Please visit our website to listen to more messages like this one and subscribe to our newsletter at BethelHouseOfTruth.org. Again, that is BethelHouseOfTruth.org. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Good afternoon. I want to welcome everyone to Bethel House of Truth this Sunday service. Praise be to Yahweh and Yahshua in the highest. Amen. All right, let's get right into this. Last week, we did, we started a, um, I think it's a four-series special. It's called Only Yahweh's Truth Makes Sense, Part 1. Part 1, we talked about why we're here and what brought us here to this earth in Part 1. We talked about the Kabul. We talked about God's greatness, how he created the heaven and the earth of this earth age, how he instituted mankind on the sixth day, and then how he placed Eth Ha'adam with the particle and article who Jesus Christ would come through, Adam, the first Adam. So we got into all of that. Today, that was just a quick recap. Today we're getting into, again, still titled, Only Yahweh's Truth Makes Sense. I get this question all the time. That's why I thought I should do something. I did something on it about 20 years ago, but we're going to do it again. The question is, who killed Jesus Christ? Who murdered Jesus Christ? Okay? That's this topic today. Okay? Because only Yahweh's truth makes sense. Let's get right into this. That's the question. Most people believe it was the Jews. Most, A lot of people believe it was the Romans because he died on the Roman cross. Okay, but I'm here to tell you there's a factor that no one's adding to the equation at all. And they're missing it big time. So we're going to enlighten you today through the Holy Spirit, through God's marvelous wisdom and understanding and knowledge. And I pray that you appreciate your father and what he does for those that love him. We're going to begin our study in Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28. And I'm here to tell you that Satan... Had a big part in killing Jesus Christ. Satan and his children. And his children. They're called Kenites. So we're going to explore that whole situation there. The Kenites. Satan's children. But before I can even explore that. I must place Satan in the Garden of Eden. Okay. I have to place him there. And that's exactly what I'm about to do right now. Through the knowledge and the wisdom of God. Ezekiel 28 verse 11. Ezekiel 28, verse 11. Verse 11. If you have it, please say glory to God. Glory to God. And it reads, Moreover, the word of the Lord, Yahweh, the L-O-R-D, all caps, is God's sacred name, Yahweh. That's what he preferred to be called by. Came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a limitation, that means a sad woe, upon the king of Tyrus. Now, we know Tyrus. Last week, we learned that Tyrus means rock, movable rock. Okay, not the rock, not who Jesus Christ is, but a movable rock. He's very movable if you have the power of God. So, you know, we're speaking of Tyrus and we know Tyrus. That was his name in the first earth age. His name will later be changed to Satan. I'm going to give you a couple of names that he's known by Satan, the serpent, Satan, the serpent, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the couple of names we're going to explore here today. Let's get right into this. Son of man, take up a limitation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. People got it twisted when they talked. I talked about this last week. They don't understand that Satan is not a monster. He, he doesn't have 
horns. He's not red. He's not a skinny red dragon with horns and a long tail and a pitchfork. That's not Satan at all. Okay? He's smooth as butter. You need to understand that. He's handsome. He's beautiful. That's who Satan is. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. There we go, placing him there. God's telling you he's been there. Well, I didn't know Satan was in the garden of Eden. I didn't understand. How, how did he get there? You got to go back, all the way back to the Kabbalah. All the way back to the first earth days, what we talked about. These messages go in and in. It explains how he got there. When God looked and it was darkness, that darkness was the devil. Because he threw him out of the first earth age because of what he did. 13 again. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardes, the topaz, and the diamond. That's my favorite one. The beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, the gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and the pipes were prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. God saying, when I created you, I created you beautiful. I gave you gifts on top of gifts on top of gifts. This was Satan's position in the first earth age. He was promoted to this position. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Now, what, what is the cherub? If you look at the Ark of the Covenant, there's two winged angels. Angels don't have wings. Cherubs have wings. Angels look just like me and you. They do not have wings. Cherubs are not angels. They're different from angels. Cherubs have wings so that they can cover. His job was to cover the mercy seat, the very throne of God, to protect it. Watch this. 14, God speaking again. 14, thou art the anointed, anointed by God, cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. I put you there. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God, right where the throne of God is. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. That's even where you do the offering. That's the holy of holies, friend. Thou was perfect. Do you hear what God just said about Tyrus, about Satan? He was perfect, so he's not ugly. He was extremely perfect. In thy ways, from the day that thou was created, till iniquity was found in thee. What iniquity? We discussed that last week, too. The iniquity that was found in Satan is self-introspection, meaning to look at what you have, to look at what someone else has, to desire and lust after what they want because you think what you have isn't enough, and then you begin to feel like what they have should be yours. Self-introspection, the highest form of pride, and Satan has it. 16. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. Yep. And thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. Here you go. And I will destroy thee, O, cher o covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Now, he just said, I will cast thee as profane, as the abomination that you are, out of the mountain of God. Hold your place here. I'm going to just run to Revelations. 12. I want you to see something. He said, I'm going to cast you out of the mountain of God. Watch this. Verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Duh, we know that's Satan. And the dragon fought against the angels and prevailed not, meaning him and his crew lost against God and Michael. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. That great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. There you go. Simple as that. Only Yahweh's truth makes sense. 
Mankind likes to muddy up the water so you can't see clear to the bottom. We got a problem. That's a problem. But we ain't doing that today. We're making it very clear. Amen. Back in Ezekiel 28. And I will destroy thee, O covering cherubim, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness, by your beauty. You thought you were just a smooth talker. You could talk to anybody and get them to do anything. What a politician, right? I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. 18. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thy iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. What is this word traffic? It means soul hunter. He's a soul trafficker. He trafficked souls. Book of Zechariah. Also, we understand that he trafficked souls in the first earth age. That's how he got a third to go against God. And another, um, another couple of million to do nothing at all. Just stand there and wait to see who's going to win. No good people. What does he do today? He traffics souls. You ever had somebody come knock on your door? Hmm? With some propaganda? Claiming they're of God and from God? Trying to traffic your soul into falsehood? Into a lie? Into the first Christ that comes? Yeah. Soul trafficker. He has people he use as soul traffickers. But he is the king of soul trafficking. Therefore, will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, it shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. I remember one time, this was like 20 years ago, when, when I first started teaching, I had this, he, he had to be like 17 at the time, and he said to me, he said, can Satan have salvation? I said, what? He said, can Satan have salvation? I said, what you think? He said, I'm hoping he can. I said, Satan cannot have salvation, dude. I'm sorry. I said, why are you asking? He said, because he can't really be that bad. I said, he is just that bad. I said, he cannot have salvation for anything. He's done. And then I read this to him. What I'm reading to you right here. His fate. His destruction. And we got to this last part. He was like, oh my God, I thought God forgives people. I said, Satan's not a normal person. Watch this. 19, I was in the midst of 18. Therefore, I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. That's what God's going to do. In the Hebrew, it talks about, it is a, a inner combustion. The fire from within it's going to cause him to just evaporate. That's that consuming fire. That's God. 19. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror and never shalt thou be any more. He's done. His fate is death. His fate is death. So take that into consideration when he's bothering you. Okay. Take that into consideration that he's a dead man walking. That Satan is nobody. That you have power over him. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want you to see here that Satan, Tyrus, the serpent, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because he knows how to be good, but he chooses to be evil, was and has been in the Garden of Eden, the Garden of God, Yahweh's Garden. And I want you to see that he was there looking for Eth Ha'adam with the particle and the article. 
whom Christ would come through to bring salvation to the whole world, to try to steal the throne of God again. That's, that's what he was trying to do. Because as if we go all the way back to last week, we talked about how there was a six-day creation, okay? All the natural, the normal and natural races of the earth, the original races of the earth, there was a six-day creation before the eighth-day creation. God rested on the seventh day. Now, the sixth-day creation is a thousand years. They have a thousand years of history, more, or some even longer, than Ha'adam with the particle and the article, than Israel. Why? Because they were here before Israel. So why didn't Satan bother them? Why didn't he mess with them? He did, but he didn't mess with them in this way. He messed with them in a different way. He knows that Jesus Christ is not coming through the six-day creation. So he knows exactly where to go and what to hit. Watch this. Genesis chapter 3. Let's get into it. We've done this a million times. Let's stick all this together. Now let's go to the garden and find Satan. God just said he was there. Let's find him. Most people can't find him in the garden. We're going to find this dude. We're going to find him. We're going to expose him. Expose the devil. Amen. Chapter 3 of Genesis. If you have it, say glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 1 and it reads, Now the serpent, who we're speaking of here, keep it clear, Satan. That's his name. Revelation 12 declared it to you. I declared it to you. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord Yahweh God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now hold on. First of all, he's talking about trees in the garden. Second of all, he's asking the woman what God said. He knows exactly what God said. And third of all, serpents can't talk. A snake can't speak. Am I correct? I'm correct. Well, maybe back then the snake could talk. Snakes can't talk at all. Neither can trees. So I want you to see this. He's trying to insert self-gratification here. And I want you to see that. Okay? He's trying to insert self-gratification. Isn't it weird how whenever we sin because of self-gratification? Hmm? Isn't that weird? Think about that. Whenever we sin or decide to sin, it's due to self-gratification. Because we're being selfish. Because we want what we want as human beings. He's trying to put that in her brain. Okay? And I want you to see this again. A serpent cannot talk. So we know serpent is one of Satan's names because he moves like a snake, as you see here. Okay? He asked her a question. Let's read the question again. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, I know they will... Legally say you're sane if you talk to a snake. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, let's go prove what she has said here in chapter 2 of verse 16. Same book. Just look right over. This is what God said to them, to Adam anyway. Being the husband. And the magnificent, wonderful, omnipotent Yahweh. God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden. 
thou mayest freely eat. Of every tree you mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now I wonder who's that? I just told you who that was in the beginning. That's Satan. He knows how to be good. But he's extremely evil. Because remember, he started off good as Tyrus. And then he got evil. Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Can't do it. This becomes law because God gave it to Adam to give to his wife. So therefore it becomes law. Emphatic. So let's see what she's trying to do here. What he's trying to do here. Watch this. Verse 4, back in chapter 3. And the serpent, Satan, unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Well, we just know from 2.16, you will die. He said, in the day that you eat it, you will die. So let's, let's clarify, what is a day with God? One day to the Lord is a thousand years of our time. It's a thousand years. And Adam and Eve lived right under a thousand years. Book of Peter gives you that information. Watch this, verse 5. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now here we go. Yeah, you want to make us just like you, knowing good and evil, huh, Satan? Because as of right now, Adam and Eve, they only know what God told them. And mind you, they're naked. You can't be all that bad if you're naked. You can't be a bad person, right or wrong. They have no shame, meaning they committed no sin. Listen to the lie that he, this is the first lie in the Bible from the devil. He who created all lies. Now I want you to see something here. In verse 5 it says, he said, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. The word here, um, opened here is atash. Atash in the in the Hebrew tongue and it means backbone. What's at the top? Your central nervous system. Okay? That controls everything. Satan wants complete control of a human being. Does he not? And the only way you can have complete control of a human being is through possession. That's it. And that's what he's trying to do here. Watch this, verse six. So we know we're speaking of. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's who's speaking to her. Satan's speaking to her. And he's trying to place that spirit upon them through their central nervous system. Six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Uh-oh, she came. That the tree was good for food. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one what? Wise. So you know we're not talking about food here. We know we're not speaking of food. Food don't make you wise. Makes you full. Right? Makes you full. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Self-gratification. What a mess. What a mess. What a mess. Let's break this down here. Self-gratification. She looked at Satan she looked how beautiful he is, how wonderful he is. She partook of Satan. Okay, we're going to get to what this word is. She partook of Satan. Her husband came and said, what's going on? She goes, here, look it. 
I understand more. I see clearer than ever. Self-gratification. And he also partook of Satan. This is a bad thing. Seven. And the eyes of them both were open. Atosh. Now, another thing that this means here is, it is backbone, but it means to bring about a closing. To bring about a closing to the truth. To what's actually going on. And they knew that they were naked. They had no clue they were naked before. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Now, why are they sewing fig leaves together? They're sewing. You know how big a fig leaf is? Hmm? A fig leaf can get the size of this fan here. That's how big it can be and bigger, depending on how old the tree is. Why are they sewing fig leaves together? Why? What are they trying to hide? First of all, you did not hear apple. You didn't hear apple. You will not hear apple. You will not find apple. They're in a fig grove. They're in a fig grove in the garden of God. That's thus goes the fig leaf. Okay. And this happened in the fig grove because God is, says my children are like figs. I got good figs, real sweet Smyrna figs. And then I have real bitter figs who don't follow me. And they're poisonous. So what you have here is you have the word. I'm going to bring up the word here. The word touch here back in verse 3. Touch. And verse 3. See it right here? It says, um, let me read it again. Verse 3. But of the fruit of the tree, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. The word touch here is naga. Naga in the Hebrew tongue. And the word naga means friction, to cause friction, to become one. To have relations. Relations. We all know what relations mean, right? That's how you have kids. To have relations. So I want you to see here what he's doing. What he's trying to do. He didn't come for the six day creation. He came for the eighth day creation through whom Christ would come through. Because they have the particle and the article. And he knows that Jesus Christ is coming through here. And he had to get that seed line, sperma even, so that. He can control the kingdom because Christ is the king. Only his truth makes sense. Watch this. They both partook. So you have the first homosexual act here as well. They both partook. Watch this. Eight. And they were, and they heard the voice of the Lord Yahweh God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord Yahweh God amongst the trees of the garden. The word trees here. You'll find in Isaiah 61, verse 3, where God says, I liken my children to trees of righteousness. Their hair being the leaves, okay? Their arms and their legs being the branches and what root us to the ground. Their hair is the trunk. This hair is your trunk, okay? Verse 9, And the magnificent, wonderful, omnipotent Lord Yahweh, God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. Hold up. Why do you know you're naked now? Somebody gave you some knowledge. And he said, Who told thee thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Did you sin? Were you being selfish? And now you're ashamed? Pretty much. Watch this. Twelve. 
And the man said, The woman whom thou givest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Mm. And I did partake. I saw the power and the wisdom in it. I blame it on the woman, right? 13. And the magnificent, omnipotent Lord Yahweh, God, said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? Question. And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. The word beguiled here. In the Greek, it is pronounced expatio in the Greek, and it means to wholly seduce. We're not speaking of a cocktail you get at a bar, somebody slips you a Mickey. We're speaking of holy seduction, spiritual seduction. Because, mind you, Satan's not flesh, but he can turn himself into flesh if he wants to. Okay? Satan's supernatural. They had no chance coming out the gate. All they had to do was listen to God, and they would have been fine. She knew this tree that she was talking, that God told her about, that Adam told her about. For some reason, it's not in the midst of the garden where it's supposed to be. It moved. So therefore, we're not speaking of a regular tree. Amen? 14. And the magnificent, omnipotent Lord Yahweh, God said unto the serpent, God's talking to a snake. No, he's talking to the devil. Listen close. Because thou has done this. What did he do? He impregnated Eve. Watch this. Because thou has done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity. Here's a word for you behind. And I will put enmity. Between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is the first prophecy in the Bible. The first prophecy. Let's break down this word enmity first before I even get into this prophecy. I want you to understand the word enmity is a fancy word for strife, hostility. It ain't saying normal. It says intense hostility. And it comes from the Latin root enemy. And it's a state. The state of being a pure enemy. Period. That's what enmity means. A pure, meaning there's no coming back from this. There's no we can make up. It's in them to be an enemy. Watch this. He's saying, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. That means I'm going to take your seed that you placed in Eve. I'm going to split it. Split it. Okay? And make two seeds. So Cain is going to have a brother. Okay? He's going to have a brother. And his name will be Abel. Watch this. I want you to see that. Isn't that beautiful? That's how you talk to the devil. Let him know what it is from the jump. 15 again. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. This word seed is sperma. So there's no confusion about what we're speaking of. It is sperma. The way a woman gets pregnant. It shall bruise thy head. Speaking to the serpent. The bruising of the head takes place in the very final generation, the one we live in, the one that began 1948, May 15th. This one, God has bruisers from the book of Daniel, ships of Chittim, those who bruise the head of, 
of the serpent because of the truth that they carry. You're looking at one of them. Bruisers. They will bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. The heel was bruised when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross. When they nailed his heels to the cross. That's the bruising of the heel. Amen. So he's saying, my seed is going to bruise the head of the serpent. Okay. The seed through whom Jesus Christ will come through. Then he said, then he said, then he said, your seed will crucify Jesus Christ. That's all the proof you need right there for who killed Jesus. Amen. We're going to keep going. I like solidify it even more. Watch this. 16. Unto the woman, he said, now he's talking to Eve. I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree which of which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake and sorrow. Shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life? Meaning you're going to work 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 like a dog because you don't listen you listen to your wife instead of listening to God thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee and thou shalt eat the herb of the field in the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread till thou return into the ground for out of it was thou taken for dust thou art and unto dust shall thou return and Adam called his wife name Eve. That means she's the mother of all living. That's what it means. Because she was the mother of all living. Not the mother of all living. But let's break this down. Let's translate this instead of transliterating it. Okay? So, when it says Eve here, it means from umbilical cord to umbilical cord to umbilical cord to umbilical cord all the way to Jesus Christ. All the way to Jesus Christ. Because if you're not in Christ, the true Christ, you're not living. It's just that simple. Look at God's map. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord Yahweh God make coats of skin and clothe them the first sacrifice for sin. 22. And the magnificent, omnipotent, wonderful Lord Yahweh God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now... Lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life. Now I wonder who that is. Jesus Christ. He was in the garden as well. And eat and live forever. If he touch the tree of life. If he take the tree of life. If he take from the. Because as you know. The tree of life in Revelation 22. Is the very tree that sits in the midst of God's throne. And provides fruit. Healing leaves that we take and that we eat. In the eternity in the next earth age. And he's saying, if you were to take of that, Adam and Eve, you would have eternal life. But he's saying, I'm not giving you that. I'm moving you out. Therefore, the Lord Yahweh, God sent forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubs. There we go again. And flaming swords, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. To protect who? Jesus Christ. A better um, translation I want to give you here for if you want to know about the tree of life. 
Revelations 22, 1 through 7. And then you will skip to verse 14 through 16. It gives you all the documentation of the tree of life. Okay? And who it is, Jesus Christ himself. So I want you to see here, I want you to see the importance of Satan trying to get and take that seed line that Jesus Christ will come through. Wanting to be God again. But Yahweh always has a fix for Satan and his evil ways. That's why he split the seed, sperma, you can't deny that, sperma, okay? But leaving that enmity, which means what? Intense hostility, and it comes from the Latin root word enemy. And it means a state of being a pure enemy. So this seed line of Satan and Christ is forever enemies. Clear as that. Simple as that. I raise my hands. It's just that simple. Let's go check out Satan's child. Little ugly self. Let's get to it. Genesis chapter 4. We're going to get into some things here. Genesis chapter 4 verse 1. If you have it, say glory to God. I want you to see this child I was speaking of. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived. The word knew here means they laid together and made a baby. Because before this, Adam did not lay with Eve. He laid with Satan. Okay? Satan laid with Eve. This is the first time Adam is laying with his wife. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, Satan's child. And said, I have gotten a man from the Lord, Yahweh, Ishith Yahweh, in the Hebrew tongue. And she again bare his brother. This word again is Yashaf. Yashaf in the Hebrew tongue. And it means to continue in labor. What happens when you continue in labor? Twins. There's twins here. As I told you, as I stated to you, there's twins. He has a brother because he placed his seed with an Eve. Well, well, how could it be when a, a one man has a child and another man? Well, she's nasty, okay? So, we're going to make it very clear, okay? This happens all the time in life. A woman lays with one person, gets pregnant, and she goes in the same 24-hour thing, and she lays with another person and gets pregnant by that person. That's how twins are made by two different daddies. Look it up. Happens all the time. Watch this. And don't let that word Yashaf leave your brain. Okay? Let's read two again. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. His brother. Same day, same moment. It's beautiful. Again, the word again here is Yashaf, to continue in labor. Isn't that clear? Isn't the word of God beautiful? It is so magnificent when it's taught properly. It really is. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Now, they reached the age of accountability at the same time. So we're letting you know that they're both twins. God leaves nothing out. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. I want to make it very clear that Cain is a farmer. Cain is a farmer. 
as the eighth day would be. Okay? Four. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock. Abel, which means breath of life. Abel was a sheep herder. And of the fat thereof, and the Lord Yahweh had respect unto Abel and to his offering. He had no respect for Cain's offering at all. Because Cain didn't put his all and his love into his offering. Abel did. He gave God the best that he has. You want to be pleasing to God? Give him the best that you have. Five. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. His face got screwed. And the Lord Yahweh said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why are you upset? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, this is the, the common laws of attraction. You do wrong, wrong's coming to you. You do right, right's coming to you. That's basically what God's telling Cain. Period. Verse 8. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. Here's the jealousy. Here's the jealousy. Now, we know from the Cabal, from the first earth age, why was Satan, Tyrus, trying to take over in the first earth age? Why? Because he has self-introspection. Remember that, right? That's the first thing I read to you in Ezekiel 28. He has self-introspection. Meaning what? What is self-introspection? It means to, to know what you have. And to look at what someone else has, to desire and to lust after it, and to take it by any means because you believe that it belongs to you. Self-introspection. The same pride is on Cain. Watch this. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, his womb mate. Get it? Womb? Whatever. I, I think it's funny. Okay. And it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up... Against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Why are you murdering people? Why are you murdering your own brother? Why are you murdering your own brother? Why? Because God is happy with Abel, and he's not happy with you? That's the reason for jealousy, right? I don't think so. But in his eyes, it is because of the enmity, the strife that's there. They are automatically enemies from the womb. From the womb. Good and evil. Amen? Watch this. And the Lord Yahweh said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? Question. And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? Question. The voice of thy brother's blood cry unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hands. I know you murdered him, God saying. And now you're cursed. Here's the very mark of the beast. When thou tillest the ground, now, mind you, Cain is a what? Farmer. So if a farmer can't farm, they're pretty much screwed, right? It shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shall thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, Yahweh, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day. From the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. You deserve it. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. Now he's begging for mercy. But we serve a great and wise God, do we not? 
And the magnificent, omnipotent Lord Yahweh said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slave came, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the magnificent Lord Yahweh said, A mark, there's the mark of the beast, upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. No one's going to kill Cain. Why? Because if Cain can't farm, that means he can't eat, right? He can't eat. He eventually is going to die, right? So what must Cain do so he can give a service to people when they see him that he will not kill him? They will not kill him. Cain became a landlord. He became a builder of cities. A builder of cities. Because he can't grow he can't grow anything anymore. He cannot feed his family. So therefore he has to be a, a landlord. To have people live in the cities that he built, make a whole bunch of money, mind you, live in the cities that he built, and they pay him rent, okay? And now he could buy whatever he need to feed himself and his family. See how things work out? Watch this. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord Yahweh and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Now, the east of Eden isn't what you think. That's towards the east. It's towards the Orient. Nod is towards the Orient. That's where Genghis Kong is from. Nod. And Genghis Kong is the direct descendant of Cain. That's why he was so big. Facts. That's history. 18. Wait, 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 wait. 17, excuse me. And Cain knew his wife. So, if there's not a six-day creation, how is there someone over in Nod? In the Orient, there is a six-day creation. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And he builded a city, there you go, and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Now, I want you to see that. Now, I want you to understand that. And I want you to also take this into consideration. Satan is a copycatter. He, he is one that steals joy through copying. Okay? The first prophet... What was his name? Enoch. So why is his son name Enoch? Because he's a copier. And I want you to see that. And I want you to understand who Cain is. Okay? A very mark of the beast. And as you see here, Cain and Abel were twins. But they were enemies from the womb. Why? Because of who their fathers are. One has a lowercase f. One has an uppercase f. One one of their fathers will bring forth Jesus Christ, and the other one is just a murderer. That's why Cain murdered his own brother. So as Tyrus tried to kill Yahweh and Jesus Christ, but fell badly in the first earth age, at the Kabul, Satan's spirit of evil and murder and lust and pride was in Cain. That strife, that enmity. So he murdered his twin brother, because of jealousy and envy. And I want you to see that. And there's no denying that. As simple as that. Only Yahweh's truth makes sense. Let's continue even more. Let's let Jesus Christ talk about it some. Let's let him talk about the seed line. Because he spoke on it. Let's go to John 8. John 8 New Testament. John chapter 8 verse 31. Now what's going to happen here in this chapter. That I'm going to read to you here. Is Jesus Christ himself. Is going to speak of this serpent seed. And he's going to expose Satan's children, the Kenites. And he's going to expose to the people who they are, the chief priests, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. 
Watch this. So, John chapter 8, verse 31, if you have a say, glory to God. Then said Jesus unto those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Now, let me, let me explain something to you real quick. The Kenites, their home was not in Judea. Okay? That's not their home. That is the home of Israel and Judah. That's where, that's where they're from. Okay? But the Kenites, through time, infiltrated Nephilims, they they infiltrated the Jewish synagogue and the Jewish teachings, and they became wood bearers for the temple of God. And because Israel got so lazy and so corrupt that they allowed these Kenites to slip in and become priests, and they didn't even realize what they were allowing to slip in or who they were allowing to slip in. Okay, Book of Nehemiah, chapter eight. Okay. So what you need to understand is this, is that we're not just dealing with regular people. We are dealing with people with the spirit of enmity. We are dealing with people with the spirit of lust, pride, evil, hate. We are dealing with people who know how to be good, but they choose to be very evil. They're very sneaky, very, very sneaky, okay? And can this spirit be on other people who are not Kenites? Yep, absolutely can. It absolutely can. So you have to be care careful. Very, very careful. And he's going to expose them right here. And I want you to see that. So what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. the um, Your location. Okay. Just because I moved to Texas doesn't make me a Texan. Okay. That just, that's where I live right now. Just because I moved to Hawaii doesn't make me Hawaiian or Pacific Islander. It does not. I'm from Connecticut, right? Just because I moved to Barbados or Jamaica does not make me a full Jamaican. I'm half, okay? I'm half, right? Doesn't make me full. I'm from Connecticut. So what I want you to say, by location, things can get screwed up. Thus, Judah... And Israel being blamed for the murder of Christ. You understand what I'm saying to you? Wake up for me. Wake up. 31 again. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believe on him. If ye continue in my word. Ye are then my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. It will set you free. That's what it does. It sets you free from the hold of Satan. And it sets you free from the hold of mankind. And their traditions would make void the word of God. 33. Then answered him. We be Abraham's seed. And we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou. You shall be made free. Question. Jesus answered them. Jesus know exactly who he's talking to. I want you don't get confused there. He knows who he's talking to. He's talking to these fake Wannabe teachers, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who are the very seed line of Satan, the serpent seed. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Understand that. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, he's mocking them, but ye seek to kill me. Because my word have no place in you. Meaning my truth, my truth has no hold on you. It doesn't make you want to be better. It doesn't make you want to serve me because you don't love me. I speak that which I have seen with my father. 
ye do that which ye have seen with your father. I want you to notice the two fathers here and look at the capital F, which signifies Yahweh. And look at the lowercase f, which signifies Satan, the Tyrus, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The serpent. Got two different fathers here. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that have told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father, lowercase f. Look at that f. Look at that father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus saith unto them, If God were your father, capital F, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father, the devil. Clear as day. Ye are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father, lowercase f, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now guess what? What does Genesis mean? Beginning. He's speaking here. He's giving you a map. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. And when we lie, we let Satan run stuff in our mouth. Okay? Because he is the creator of all lies. He told the first lie in the first earth age. Then he told the first lie in this earth age. Genesis chapter 3 verse 4. He is a liar. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? Question. And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He that is of God, hear of God's words. Period. Clear as that. This is Christ saying this. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. To hear the truth, you must know God. You must understand who God in Christ is. Then answer the Jews. This is not the Jews, though. They want you to think it is, but this is Eudas, meaning they just live there, okay? They just live there. These are the Kenites speaking. And said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hath a devil? Jesus answered, I have not the devil, but I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. Period. Listen to your father. Listen to Christ. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hath a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. He's mocking them. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. He's mocking them. But I know him and keep his sayings. Your father Abraham, mocking them, rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. The book of Genesis, Jesus Christ came to Abraham as Melchizedek. Melchah, king of the just, king of God's elect, those who know this truth. Then said the Jews, not the Jews, Eudas, the Kenites, unto him, Art thou, thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? 
question. Jesus saith unto him, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. God's sacred name. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Amen, amen. Praise God. Truth is truth. You can't deny that. Here Christ exposes Satan's spirit and his children, okay? Stunning them and exposing them and that spirit of enmity that lives within them, that hostility that makes them a pure enemy by letting everyone know that they belong to their father, lowercase f, Satan, and that they're Kenites, his firstborn son's name. Out of the seed line of Cain. And because they're exposed by the truth. By the light. Even Jesus Christ. Okay. God himself. They desire. And they make up a plan to murder. Jesus Christ. Because of their father's spirit. And that enmity. You see how intense this is? It's extremely intense. Let's make it even more intense. Let's go to John 18. Almost done. One more place after this. John 18. John 18. If you have a say glory to God. The high priest. Now, the high priest is Caiaphas. Okay? And I want you to understand that this high priest is a Kenite. Okay? The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Now, this is them. They took Jesus by night. By night. Which was against the law. They couldn't do this. They broke the law. And they took him by night. And they're having their own trial. Jesus answered him, I spake openly. This word openly is boldly. Paresia. I spoke openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple. Whether the Jews, Eudas, always resort. The Kenites. I, they know what I said. And in secret have I said nothing. Why ask thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest? So, fake high priest, 23. Jesus answered him, If I had spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Question. Why are you hitting me? Now, Anus, it's a good name for him. Now, Anus has sent him bound unto Caiaphas, the high priest. Now, here we go. We'll skip all the way down to verse 28 here. We don't need to see the denying of Peter three times. We know that. Verse 28. Then led they Jesus to Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment. And it was early. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Always thinking of their belly. Never thinking of justice. Pilate then went out unto them and said, what accusation bring ye against this man? Question. Now, mind you, Pilate's wife had a dream that Jesus Christ was an innocent man two nights before Jesus was even brought to Pilate. So he knows of Jesus. And also, he know of Jesus because Jesus himself got a letter from Caesar. Caesar himself, this is history, Caesar himself saying that it was okay to proclaim the word of God throughout Judea and wherever he went with Roman guards watching him closely so nobody would harm him. I have the letter upstairs. 30. They answered and said unto him, if he went not 
If he were not a malefactor, if he was not a troublemaker, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. Then said Pilate unto him, Take ye him, and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death, right off the rip, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, saying, Thou sayest this thing of thyself? Or did others tell thee of me? Question. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and thy own chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Question. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. You got that right. That I should not be delivered to the Jews, to the Eudas, Kenites. But now is my kingdom not from thence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou the king then? Then Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said unto them, I find no fault in him at all. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Now that pissed them off. That pissed everyone off in the crowd. Except for those who love Jesus Christ. Then cried they all again saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Barabbas was a murderer. Now hold on. Let me explain something to you. You got the son of God, right? Jesus Christ, the son of God. And then you have Barabbas, which in the Greek means son of the father. Okay? Lowercase f. Barabbas was a Kenite. Okay? So the Kenites are shouting for the death of the son of God. That doesn't even sound right, do it? For the death of the son of God. And they're asking for Barabbas, their own brother, who is also a Kenite. Son of the father. Lowercase f. Praise God. You ain't getting this truth nowhere else. I'll tell you that right now. So what do you have here? So what I want you to see here is Satan's spirit working through his own children, the Kenites, slandering Christ with these false witnesses as their father Tyrus, Satan, slandered Yahweh and Jesus Christ in the first earth age, causing a third of God's children to go against him. That murderous spirit, okay, and that lust, that self-introspection, because they're jealous of Jesus Christ. They're mad they can't do the miracles. They're mad they don't have the knowledge to teach. And they're mad that they don't understand who he is. They're evil. Same thing as, Ty as um, Tyrus. And the same thing as Cain. Let's go to John 19 to close out. I want you to see this. Don't deny this. This is, um, what you're going to get here is you're going to get the chief priests who are the Kenites, Eudas, they don't, they're not from Judea, but they just live there because they infiltrated the temple of God, okay, through lie and hook and crook. So you got the chief priests, the Kenites, Cain's own children, Satan's seed, and they have the spirit of enmity, and you got other Kenites in the crowd 
crying out for the blood of Jesus Christ. Watch this. Verse 1, if you have it, say glory to God. And closing. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. They beat him. And the soldiers planted a crown of thorns. There you go. And put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. And said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him at all. I added that last part. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto him, Behold the man, Ichihoma in the Greek, when the chief priests, Kenites, when the Kenites, therefore, and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered, Eudas, Kenites. Satan's own children, the ones that Christ exposed, this is why they're pissed, because they're exposed. Let's, let's talk about this exposing for a second. They're so exposed that if they don't get right, if they don't get rid of this troublemaker, Jesus, everyone's going to leave the temple and they're going to lose so much money. The church is hit. The Jews, the Judas, answered, the Kenites, answered him, we have a law and by our law he ought to die. Because he made himself the son of God. Duh, he is the son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. And went again into the judgment hall and said unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou that not that I have the power to crucify thee? And I have the power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above, from God Almighty. This was prophesied. This was supposed to happen. This was the real deal. Therefore, he that delivereth me unto thee have the greater sin. Now, I want you to see here. Who delivered Jesus to Pilate? The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Kenites, Judas. They delivered him directly. The Kenites. So who's getting blamed for the death? Out of Jesus' mouth. He who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Twelve. Watch this. And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. Now, this is going to freak Pilate out because um, six months ago, prior to this, Caesar called for Pilate to come to the capital of Rome. He went there and he said there's a lot of trouble going on in Judea with these Israelites and these Jews. If there's any more trouble, I'm going to put you on the cross. So Pilate's freaking out. He's scared when they said this. Because they know they're going to report him if they don't get what they want from him to Caesar. And it's Pilate's head on the pilot on the um, plank of wood, not Jesus's. Watch this. God is perfect in his plan, is he not? Perfect. He had to make all this stuff come to pass. All the fear, all the height of intensity, of lust, of pride, of self-introspection, of hatred, of evil. All of it. To the fullness so it could just blow explode when Pilate therefore heard that saying 
he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement. The, the pavement is just a raised place where the governor or the king or a judge would sit to overlook the people. But in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of Passover and about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Mm. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away to be crucified. Praise God. Now I want you to see something here. I want you to see something here. And one of the places when the sign went up and it says King of the Jews in Latin. The chief priest came over and said, take that down. We reject that sign. Pilate said, um, I have written what I've written and I'm not taking it down. Later, the soldier would say to him, why did you write that? He said, because it's true. And then he said, I wrote it because I know they made me crucify him because of envy. Because of envy. Let's translate that word envy. Self-introspection. So who killed Jesus Christ? Romans had a part in it, but it really wasn't the Romans. As Christ would say, he who brought me to you, he who delivered me to you, has the greater sin. That sin will stick with them, the Kenites. So I want you to clearly see, and not to deny at all, that the Kenites, the chief priests, screamed for blood. They yelled out for Christ to die because of who they are. And because of the spirit of enmity that lives within them. They even had their own brother Barabbas. Which means son of the father. And they yelled away with Jesus. Give us Barabbas. The son of the father. Lowercase f. They are just as their father is. To know good and evil. But to choose to do evil. They're little trees of knowledge of good and evil. I added that first. Christ would say when Judas asked to join him. This is what he would say to Judas. Judas, this is a host. I remember right. This is what he would say. Jesus would say to Judas. Judas would come to Jesus and say, Jesus, my father made sure that I studied from an early age. And his money made me a scholar. And I've been a scholar my whole life. Okay? And he said, as Jesus leans against the tree laying down because the sun's setting he says but do you need another scholar do you need a man like me as one of your disciples Jesus opened his eyes and looked at Judas and said a tree is known by his fruit he is a little tree okay he is a little tree of knowledge and good and evil therefore Christ says come stay with me Follow me. A tree is known by his fruit. Stay with us. So as you see, Christ is speaking to the very offspring of Satan. One of his little trees of good and evil. With the same spirit of enmity. Just like their father, like son. Incidentally, incidentally the name Iscaria, Judas Iscaria, 
Let's go all the way back to Genesis. What's the first thing that Cain built? What's the first thing that Cain built in Genesis um, at 4? Because he couldn't farm anymore. What's the first thing that he built? A city. Okay? Judas Iscariot means in the Greek or in the Hebrew, it means a builder of cities. Remember, Cain couldn't farm anymore. So he became a builder of cities. And that very mark of the beast is the very understanding with the key of David to understand from umbilical cord to umbilical cord to umbilical cord the seed line of the serpent and the seed line of God. That is the key of David. And if you have the key of David, you are in the right church. So they all become builders of cities which made them very rich and very wealthy. And having a need, no one would kill them because they have a need. Bottom line, Yahweh is a wonderful God and Christ is a wonderful Savior and King and Shepherd. For all that seek him in truth and love him in the spirit. Again, Yahweh's truth is the only thing that makes sense. Amen. Remember to stay in the grace of God because that's what he wants you. God bless you all. I love you all. All glory and praise to the Father and the Son. In Jesus' name, amen. Were you moved by today's message? Download it now via our website for a donation of $10. Help us sow a seed of truth around the world. Donate any amount today. Thank you and God bless you.